This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Welcome, everybody. We have an amazing guest. This is actually one of my favorite people in the entire world slash universe, Miss um, Morgan. So Morgan Thomas is with us today. And um, please introduce yourself so and sweet. tell everyone why you're just the most amazing human being on the face of the planet. <laughs> sell yourself, Morgan. Oh my gosh, you know this. Like, you, if you know anything about me, selling myself is a really, I know. <laughs> really uncomfortable position to be in. Um, yeah, I've been teaching preschool in Provo now for, I think I'm on my 11th year mm-hmm. privately. Crazy. Wow. Um, I know, isn't that crazy? What's your school called? Brilliant Beginnings. Okay. Yeah. Because I just know, like, for some reason, your tag is Miss Morgan. It's Miss Morgan School. I know. And it, it feels, I have, like, I've had people ask me about it before. Like, yeah. just, why don't you just switch to Miss Morgan's Preschool? Right. And I do, I don't, it's that whole, I just don't, I, my name and something, right. I, you know. Yeah. You don't want it to be about you. Yeah, you want it to exactly. be about the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, exactly. Yeah. So I've been teaching privately now for 11 years in That's Provo. Amazing. And before that, I did my um, teaching internship, mm-hmm. actually my senior year of high school. Whoa. Yeah. I got special permission. It was pretty cool. It was just, um, I had to find a teacher who would be willing to work with me mm-hmm. as a 17 year old. That's amazing. So I went back, I grew up in Provo. Mm-hmm. I went back to my elementary school and approached my kindergarten oh teacher. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Cool. And she took me on. So it's like you were called for this from like 17 years old because, because I, yeah. I just want to say real fast, you guys, Morgan is a child whisperer. She is so good with children and she understands them, not on like a superficial level. Like she gets them emotionally and spiritually and like, she understands them more than you understand your own child sometimes. And we've had discussions like that because my son Tennyson went to her school and um, we've had discussions where I'm like, I just don't know what to do. And she'll say, oh, Janique, it's this and this and this. I'm like, how do you know? So sorry, well, keep so going. My, my son Tennyson also went to her school and I was also impressed by her. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I should say our son, our son. Sorry. So, so so let's let's dive into the topic yeah, so on what we're talking about today. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I was just I've been thinking a lot lately. I mean, I mean, always with my profession. But very specifically, um I've been thinking about behavior mm-hmm. in my classroom and what I'm observing and how things have changed over the last 11 years. Yeah. Like what things have stayed steady yeah. and what things um what things I've seen more of mm-hmm. in the kids. Mm-hmm. Um just how things are shifting. I think it's really interesting that even in just 10 years, you've noticed changes. Yeah. That's not That's, very long. No, it's not That's at all. Right? A decade is nothing in the history of humankind. So. Well, right. And and how we came to saying we need to do a podcast together was you basically said to me in a message, you're like, oh, Janique, if you see what I'm seeing right now, four-year-olds being diagnosed with ADHD, yeah. this is common and it wasn't. It wasn't 10 no. years ago. In fact, when I, I remember when I was, um, the year I did my, my internship actually, mm-hmm. I remember being told um, that it was really uncommon for a doctor. Like there was kind of just like a, a rule that they wouldn't even entertain the diagnosis of ADHD yeah. till the child was seven. Mm-hmm. And there's there's good reason for that. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll what, get what into are those that today. reasons? Do we want to go into it right now? Uh, yeah, why not? Because I'm scared we'll we'll forget. Why in the past? Were they saying, no, we're not going to diagnose until they're seven. And now all of a sudden they've shifted that. Like what changed? I think that it's a change in, um, 
ideas and views. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also something I've been seeing in kids uh, recently an increase is uh, like an impatience. Yes. Kids are more impatient with themselves, mm-hmm. with the people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live in this world where we have so many solutions. We have yeah. so many problems yeah. and so many solutions that we want to, we want to take care of it and mm-hmm. we want to take care of it right away. Right. Um, and so I think when a kid is four and they're like exhibiting behaviors yeah. or symptoms, mm-hmm. um, it's just being jumped on a lot faster. Yeah. And maybe that's like a reverse early intervention. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like, maybe that needs to be clarified a little bit. Like we, we promote early intervention for things with kids. True. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, but we're not letting these things play out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, Hey, maybe they grow out of it. Maybe right. there's, there's something going on at home that needs to be addressed versus yes. medicating. Mm-hmm. Well, an ADHD versus like speech therapy are mm-hmm. totally different mm-hmm. right. areas. Totally. You know, like there are some things that early intervention is best. I'm starting to see a massive shift in culture where we, we've stopped trusting our bodies. Like totally. we've stopped trusting the process and like we immediately say, this child is broken with ADHD and the only way it can be fixed is with medication. Meanwhile, maybe that child just needs less, like less screen time, more outside playtime, more connection with family. Because how often, yeah. I know I'm guilty of this too. Like, and Tennyson, he's very good with his words. I'll be on my phone and he's talking to me and I, and I do 99% of work on my phone and he's talking to me and I'm on my phone and he's like, mom, you're not paying attention to the words I'm saying. And I'm like, Huh? Oh my gosh, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and like, how often are we mimicking to them, right? Like totally. monkey see, monkey do. And well, so mirroring, mirroring is a thing in yes. a child's development. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's so totally. now they're totally okay on technology and they're not getting the interaction and the movement that their body needs for growth, right? Yeah. So yep. can you talk on more of what you've observed and like, just let's go into this because I trust your obser- observations. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of different things that we could cover and talk about, but I've been thinking a lot specifically about behavior and the needs that drive it and how we, um, and I, I mean, I'm speaking to my personal experience as a parent, but also as an educator, how we tend to focus on the behavior Mm -hmm. rather than the need underneath it. Yep. Um, and every, I mean, when we're talking humans, but specifically kids, every behavior um, gets them something. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mean that necessarily negatively or positively, but they, they behave the way they do because they're getting something yeah. from it. Like you have a child who, um, is really impatient with themselves and throws tantrums and, um, takes things from other kids. They're, they're behaving that way because somewhere in their life that's working for them. Yeah. Um, and they need to be, they need to see other ways mm-hmm. to get to, to where, what they, what they're aiming for. Does that make sense? More yeah. healthy. Can I, can I give an example that, that I've seen yeah. in our own household? So we'll sometimes with our kids, we can talk about whether this is a good idea or not. We, we put them in timeout, yeah. right? And particularly in our house, timeout is in mom and dad's bedroom. And okay. almost without fail, you can guarantee that we put one of the kids in there and they're really mad. They're going to hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. They bonk their heads. Mm-hmm. They, they accidentally kick the corner of the bed, whatever it is. And then yeah. they start crying. What's so fascinating to watch is that immediately the energy goes from, we're upset with you, you're in trouble, to, oh no, let's, okay? let's, let's fix this, let's take care of it. Yeah. And because that pattern has taken place in the household, it's like taken root 
every single time now the kids go in that room they get hurt within two minutes that's of it true. yeah and and that's yeah. less because than two minutes it's like 30 seconds maybe yeah but mm-hmm. but it's a perfect example of that need fulfillment process of yeah. what they need is for mom and dad to not be mad for mom and dad to mm-hmm. take and this care is of how them. i got there mm-hmm. first time exactly. mm-hmm. the second time so now i'm just going to intentionally they're, it's like a pattern they they're form. very yeah. intelligent they're yeah. very very oh, yeah. intelligent and yeah. they know how to get their needs met in what has been the most effective way for them yeah. we get frustrated because it's not convenient for us but mm-hmm. we don't realize that we're contributing to how it's playing yeah. out right yeah totally um i don't know I, 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 a situation in preschool comes to mind when i'm uh thinking about the needs and the behaviors. So I, in my classroom, I really, I see myself as more of a guide mm-hmm. than I do a teacher. Yeah, I see myself, um, like my responsibility is to facilitate experiences mm-hmm. um, rather than instruct and control um, and inform, if yeah. that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is creating a safe environment for the kids. Mm-hmm. And I had this uh, situation not too long ago uh, with a group of girls, they were across the room and they were playing with some toys. And I was kind of, I was listening, um, just kind of seeing they had some conflict and they were trying to work it out. Um, and one of, one of the little girls took the thing that they wanted from the other one. And then that one came up, um, and was approaching me to come tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And before she even addressed me, I looked over and I saw this other little girl and immediately, I'm totally going to start crying. Immediately, I could see her countenance change. Mm-hmm. Um, she tensed up, but she also, like, she got a little That's defensive. Yeah. And just this other, like, this peer coming up to tell the teacher about something that she had done was, like, it brought tears to her eyes. And she started crying immediately. Mm-hmm. And I, so I stood up from my stool um, and I walked over to her. And I, I just thought, I'm just going to take a pause Um, and what if I, instead of doing this the way that I was trained to do in school or the way that has kind of just always been the way things are done, you know, like Mm -hmm. you help the victim, you address the bully. Mm -hmm. What if I changed the way I addressed it? What if instead of, um, instead of jumping right into what her behavior was in that scenario, what if I just picked her up? and hugged Mm -hmm. her and told her that I loved her without any mention of the conflict at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did that and I went over and I wrapped my arms around her and I told her I loved her and her whole body softened and she stopped crying. Mm -hmm. And we had a moment where she knew like her, I mean, that was the underlying need, right? Right. Like rather than shame, you know? Yes. Um, and then as she, she calmed down, we totally, we addressed the conflict um, mm-hmm. with the other kids. And I thought it was interesting, this peer that had come to tell on her, so yeah. to speak, didn't, I mean, didn't have any, like she didn't oppose yeah. me being kind to this friend. There was no need for punishment or reprimand for any of those kids. Yeah, just connection. Does, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like they were, maybe I'm not explaining that exactly how I mean it, but you know, you do get some, you get some kids sometimes where they want justice. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you yes. Know, like All of we them have do. this policy in preschool, <laughs> like, are you coming to tell me about it 
because you need help or somebody's not safe or mm-hmm. are you wanting to get somebody in trouble? Right. Like, mm-hmm. are you trying to like, you want revenge. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have, I mean, we work through that and we avoid that because mm-hmm. that's not healthy. Right. But in this particular scenario, these girls, they were friends. They cared about each other. Yeah. And that, you know, that friend wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't like she needed to me to address her as the victim. Right. You know, and yes. then she watched me model kindness and compassion to the person that had offended her right. and we worked it out. Yeah. You know, so, um, it just, it kind of is just a, a shift in perspective on their the be- behaviors. The behaviors. Here's yeah. what I think is mm-hmm. awesome about that is that you paused. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. when you paused, it gave you suddenly the power to choose other than what your yes. natural reaction would be. Yes. And we don't get enough of that in our homes, much less in society as a whole. Yeah. Society is very reactionary. I mean, the whole conversation around bullying in schools yeah. is very, very reactionary. And all yeah. they really ever say is stop bullying. Don't let bullying happen. Yeah. Yeah. No tolerance period for bullying. For bullying. We're yeah. going to mm-hmm. kick them out of the school as soon yes. as they do it. Nobody stops and says, okay, what's the need yeah. that is going into this in the mm-hmm. first place. How can we address this with the bully yeah. so that they don't feel the need to- Yes, to and ultimately, ultimately mm-hmm. what's the goal? Like, what's our aim? Is our aim to like, is it justice? Right. Is it, you know what I mean? Like, are we teaching this law of human interaction? Uh-huh. Or, you know, like I, I when we're dealing, I, I mean, I with kids specifically, but even in adults, I think, mm-hmm. um, when we're dealing with a bully or a victim, the needs underneath are equally as important. Yeah. And totally. that, that's where I want to focus mm-hmm. because you meet the need and the behavior changes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that result in the behavior change yep. without having, does that make sense? Total totally sense. Makes yeah. sense. I feel like with every situation that we do, like, like hard situation in the world, if we just met it with more love and yeah, compassion, like absolutely. we would solve more problems versus like um, hardness and, yeah. you know, defensiveness or punishment or anything like that. And that yeah. goes for adults as well. Yeah. Right. If we all just responded from a place of love and understanding. Yeah. Um, Which it, by the way, is not the same thing as saying there shouldn't be consequences. Right. Right. right absolutely. Right? Because yeah. there are consequences. There are natural consequences to everything right. we do. Yes. And there does need to be a restoration when absolutely. something has been damaged. And right. I, mm-hmm. But that yeah. doesn't mean that we have a black and white code of laws where that we drives say, us. here's your yeah. crime, here's your yeah. punishment. And we are going to be dispassionate enforcers yeah. of that. Totally. Yes. Right. I think the key in that is the word natural, yeah. natural consequences. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, obviously enforcing laws in some areas, it has its place. Well, you we, know, we need we're safety and the expectation. Of, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I agree with that. I, um, when I think about uh, in my classroom, I think like the ultimate goal is to, to help these kids develop and mm-hmm. go out and contribute to their community. Yeah. Um, and I want my work to be focused on um, a community that's, that's not governed by um, justice, but mm-hmm. more accountability. Yeah. I think that there's a difference, you know, that personal, when you can teach a kid to take accountability, yes, be accountable for those actions, but you do it in such a softer, it's such a softer yeah. approach, totally less shaming. 
Totally. We could do yeah. a whole episode know, right? on what justice is and, and the different yeah. forms of justice. Yeah. But, but I think you're absolutely yeah. right that, yep. that sending people out there with this cold, hard idea of you have to do everything right or you're going to be punished, mm-hmm. that, that creates the defensiveness and the callousness and the disconnection that yeah. really mm-hmm. prevents our society from being what we want it to be. Yeah. Totally. So I, I am curious, though, you, you mentioned your goal of you know sending children out into the community to be good contributors or whatever the word is that you used, what, what do you believe needs to be in the classroom in order for that to happen? What do you like strive what? to create in terms yeah. of the environment? What are you seeing missing in well, their that, environment? That, that too, that too. But yeah. first what, what should be there? And then, you know, yeah. what man, that's there? a loaded question. Cause there's a lot that goes into it. Um, we could talk like how I gear my curriculum, um, toward, you know, exploration and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking emotions and behaviors, um, Mm -hmm. I, to be honest, I, I've thought this over as we prepared to talk today. Um, and I really feel like everything has just picked up pace. Mm -hmm. Yes, Everything seems to be moving so quickly. Kids seem to be moving so quickly. And I, I mean, I catch it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I am a busy body for Mm -hmm. sure. We're all so guilty of that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting. We talk about personal experience. Um, I definitely, as a kid probably could have been diagnosed with ADHD. I never was. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even early on in my career, uh, the way that the way that it was, you know, teachers handled me in a classroom um, and the way that I was taught in the first years of my career was you have a busy brain, mm-hmm. you give it something to do. Yeah. You know, like yep. you have a kid who wants to go, 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 like give them something to, to go do. With. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it took me, gosh, I like, I feel like this is even just something recently that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, to realize like, whoa, that might be the exact opposite of what I needed, right? Like Mm. have a busy brain. Like the last thing I need to do is give it something to do. Need the busyness. Yeah, like I I need to figure out how to slow it down, Yeah, right? Um, And we talk mindfulness. We do a lot of mindfulness in preschool. Um, And I know that that's like a super trend right now. Everybody's talking talking about mindfulness and meditation. Yeah, But that's, I think there's a reason. Mm. Yeah, You know what I mean? Um, can I can I add something to yeah. the busyness and yeah. what I think we're seeing in children today? Um, I have a very strict rule. When we're driving in the car, the kids are not on iPads. They okay. can look out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can look at what's going on, like just yeah. slow their minds down. And they're really good at that. How often do we get in a car and we put iPhones and iPads in front of children? Absolutely. Like we're not allowing them to just sit and be still. Like well, they're well, not practicing it anymore. All the family yeah. cars these days have the TVs. screen built into mm-hmm. the car, totally. right? So yeah. mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. that's what you do. You get in the car, you yeah. turn on the show. Uh, man, it's, we could do a whole episode on screens. Yeah. yeah. Like how, and that, how that trains a brain to be distracted. Well, and that's know? why I think we're seeing a lot of ADHD mm-hmm. in children is because we're feeding this tendency in the brain. Right. Yeah. And then we're saying, look, it's broken. It's like, yeah. no, you've trained the brain to come to this. Yeah. You know, like we're never switching off screens. We're never um, dimming down lights, you know, at yeah. nighttime who, how many homes have bright lights on TV is on, you know, iPhones are blasting, iPads yeah. are blasting. And so the brain has been tricked 
to stay awake and stay active. Yep. And then we're like, well, now we got to medicate the brain. It's like, no. To slow this, it down. Yeah, yeah, to slow it down. It's like, no, we slow this brain down naturally. We dim down lights. We say goodbye to iPads at a certain time of day. We allow our bodies to sink with the sunset yeah. and the sunrise because it was designed to do that. Light is a chemical in the brain. You know yeah. what I mean? You expose your, your, eye, your eyes to light. It creates chemicals that stimulate the brain or shut the brain down. You know, yeah. it's like, we don't need medications to do this. We just yeah. need to create boundaries, right? We need, our kids need us. Yes. They need their parents. They need their teachers. They need, they need someone to help them learn how to do that. Yep. And I am thinking, um, oh gosh, I actually have, I, I, <laughs> mindfulness is really hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it takes a lot of work for me it's taken a lot of practice doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, I remember, um, when mindfulness was first introduced to me in relation to my, uh, ADHD tendencies, mm -hmm. I was sitting on my therapist's couch. Um, and he asked if we could do a mindfulness exercise. And I was like, like Oh no. I was like, all right, you know, like <laughs> let's do this. Right. Mm -hmm. We started and I was like, I cannot do this. Like yeah. this works. Like, no, you know, mm -hmm. like I was like, ah, I'm so skeptical. And he, he would say, you know, like thoughts come into your head, recognize mm -hmm. them and then let them go. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, you know, like <laughs> why could I, why let them go when I could just chase them in circles yeah. in my head all day? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but something that was really, really eye opening for me and humbling to me was how much work it has taken Mm -hmm. And how hard I've had to work at it, yeah. simply slowing down, yeah, recognizing my thoughts, letting myself be in a moment and feel whatever it is that I'm feeling yep. has taken a lot of work. And I think that there's something that that plays into our avoidance as parents with our kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have a kid and their behavior is urgent. They're acting out in school or, you know, we have this need. We want to help them, mm -hmm. but we like we try these things and we're like, Oh, and it's not working. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it takes time to mm -hmm. remap. I've had 36 years of my brain constantly going, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. to undo those like patterns and maps in my head and yeah. learn to really slow down is hard. And I think that the same could be said about kids when it comes to mindfulness or mm -hmm. nutrition. Yeah. It's not, it's not always an instant. It's something we have to learn to be patient yep. and yeah. But that's impossible in today's society. Like, because yeah. like you said, we're going faster and faster. We want things now, Yeah, you know, um, it's, and, and that's not, you know, how often are we okay letting our kids be bored? Every time Tennyson's like, I'm bored. I'm like, that's good. You'll, you'll get creative. Yeah. We don't allow kids to be bored anymore. Yeah. You know, how often do kids go out and get dirty? You know, it's like, um, we enroll them in like piano lessons and karate and, you know, yeah. what happened to, I'm not going to enroll my kid in anything. I'm going to let them go outside and play and they can't yeah. come back in until they're dirty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That. Like, yeah. like that's their enrollment. Like, play yeah. therapy. You know, we've stopped, yeah. we've stopped that. And there's a lot of, um, natural movement because again, the brain connects with the body, right? Right. And our children are not moving anymore. They're not, you know, climbing and jumping and, you know, they're like, 
all of these movements, this contraction in muscles, this bending in joints, like that creates triggers in our brain for growth. You know, yeah. it, it increases BDNF, you know, yep. what is that? What does BDNF stand for? Just remind me. Brain derived neurotrophic, neurotrophic factor. factor. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we've stopped, we've stopped having the brain grow how it was naturally supposed to grow. And we took yeah. something artificial and stuck it in front of them. Oh, and yeah. now we're creating new neural pathways. Yeah, Neurons that fire together, wire together, right? Yeah. And so we are firing new neurons in their brain. And yeah. we're and we're calling it ADHD. But, but it's, not even, it's not even what we're sticking in front of them. It's what we're surrounding, surrounding them, them with, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just the screens. The yeah. screens are probably the latest and the most intense problem, but, yep. yeah. but it's the, the whole environment of shoving kids into this room at a mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. telling them they need to sit down and be quiet for eight right. hours oh a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've taken recess out no of deal. so many oh, programs really. now, right? Oh, they don't, crazy. The, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the PE is no longer just run around and do stuff. They literally have to study during PE. It's yeah. just testing on physical education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, we've put us, ourselves into this terrible artificial environment. Yeah. And then we say, why isn't this natural human yes. being responding well to this artificial environment? Right. We need to put some artificial chemicals into their natural yeah. brain mm-hmm. so that it can be more conducive to this. Yeah. And then we wonder why people struggle throughout their lives with Through, depression, yeah. with yeah. lack of motivation, yes. with no direction in life yeah. mm-hmm. because we have prevented them from discovering their direction yeah. by letting them explore the world in the way that's most natural to them. Well, yeah. and, and just like how you said, like it's unnatural and now they're having sleep disorders and anxiety. And like we're seeing that in eight year olds and 12 year olds and 10 year olds. Like I probably get one in the clinic every week doing a hair analysis. People really? are like, my child, my, my 10 year old is having panic attacks. <sighs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this shouldn't be happening as often as it is, you know? Yeah. And that's just people in our circles. What about mm-hmm. like yeah. the psychologists out there that oh, are man. dealing with this more and more, you know, yeah. like, there there's it's our it's our this ADHD epidemic is a product of our environment and our culture and we've and we have kind of bred it what did you say yeah oh yeah um man even just for me in learning uh mindfulness and to slow down Mm -hmm. it wasn't I mean it wasn't until I learned to to slow down and in those moments of really connecting with myself realized that there were some really intense needs mm-hmm. that I didn't even see in myself yeah. that are driving these behaviors, yep. you know, like mm-hmm. causing me to seek out these things and, and then wondering why I'm doing all of this stuff and trying to, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm still just going, going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's taking you so many years to figure that out. Yeah. When we're seeing that in children, how can we help them figure that out? Yeah. Um, real quick, what you were saying yeah. about, um, I was thinking about the sensory activities that I do in preschool, mm-hmm. kind of a side note that goes along with it, but I'll get asked by parents or even educators who are new, yeah. um, um, new to the teaching world, why I do sensory activities, Wait. like what a sensory bin, like, like isn't that, do they feel like it's a waste of time? Yes. Is that what they're asking? So what? I, remember, yes. I actually remember when we first met you, yeah. um, like 
one of our things that drew us to your school was you weren't so driven by curriculum. Yeah. We toured so many schools. I actually enrolled Tennyson in a private school and he was there for two months and then I took him out because yeah. I was like, no, I can't like, this is all academia. Yeah. And like, these are children. Yeah. Like these are children that need to be children. Like yeah. we've forgotten what childhood was. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so when we came across yeah. your school and, and, I, and I remember you, talking about the sensory stuff and you're like, but don't worry. Like we, we make sure that they keep up with curriculum and Tristan and I were like, yeah. we don't care about that. And <laughs> did then I say I, that? Yeah. Well, yes. well. And like, that was like the instant click because I felt like it was a hidden language of like, no, we're on the same page here. Like yeah. you want the same for the children yeah. as we do. Oh yeah. man. I get like, I have been approached a lot over the last couple of years, um, for curriculum mm-hmm. writing deals and things. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, like I could take that Avenue. And I, every time like take three steps toward it and yeah. like, like arms no. up back away. Like mm-hmm. this is just not right. Yeah. I, I think that gets to the very core of the problem in our education system. And, and really it's kind of how the education system has always been. It's this, we have this set of knowledge that we need people to know so that they can be effective workers. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so we, whatever it takes to get these people to learn that as soon as possible, we're just going to mm-hmm. make it happen at yeah. the expense of their personal needs at the expense yeah. of their all own creativity. Else. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I mean, I've heard it's even worse in other countries, not everywhere, but some countries it, literally all they care about is have you memorized the oh, right geez. set of mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, we get into, certain graduate programs like medical school. And that's literally yeah. all it is. It's memorization. There's yeah. no real, it's just like information drilled into world you. exploration. Totally. Yeah. 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 And, and so it, it, we kind of break people from the very beginning and, yeah. and then we wonder why people are all broken. Oh, man. Yeah. Somebody, somebody asked me the other day why I chose preschool. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, there's a lot of reasons, but I said to her, I was like, I really, I believe so strongly in my philosophy on play and discovery-based learning mm-hmm. that I want to work with kids yeah. before the world gets a hold of them yep. and teaches them, mm-hmm. you know, shame yeah. and yep. order and mm-hmm. obedience and mm. conformity. Totally. You know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, like no wonder their brains are freaking out. Yeah. Because we're trying to force their brains to do something that's extremely unnatural. Yeah. Extremely. And I think it's because we want, I mean, you want a checklist, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what people want. You mm-hmm. want it. It's a sure thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like parents want the sure thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like my kids, my kids got ADHD. They've been diagnosed. Like medication is the sure thing. Yep. Yep you know, but it's, yep. But it's not right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, and behind that, I think it's just, it's so vulnerable. Like mm -hmm. being a parent is hard. It's so hard. It's hard as hell. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that as parents, like parents, um, when we talk about becoming an advocate for their kids, part of that is letting go of that fear of getting it wrong. Yeah. Mm. Yep you know, mm-hmm. and just trusting that we're doing our best. Yeah. You know, we're only going to find solutions to a problem that work if we're looking yeah. for solutions. True. Multi- you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I, I think if we all backed up and paused for a second and thought about, okay, what do I really want for my child? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one, no one really wants for their child to become a doctor. If they yeah. do, that's fine. But what do they really want? They yeah. want their kid to be happy 
feel fulfilled in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we chase down these things that we assume are going to lead to happiness, like having a lot of money when you're older yeah. or mm-hmm. being important, but we don't really think about that process. Yeah. We don't really think about the fact that doctors are not happier than the average person. Yeah. Yeah. The powerful politicians in the world seem like they're even more unhappy yeah, than right. the average person. Yeah. So, so what really goes into creating a happy human being that yeah. grows up into a happy adult and, and creates a happy world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think your school is yeah. a perfect example of how we can do that. Yeah, yeah. very... Um, very, we are talking like a goal driven mm-hmm. world yeah. versus a value. Totally driven. And yeah. goals, goals never made people happy. No. Sometimes it feels good to check off the box. It gives us a little shot of dopamine, but yeah. that's not happiness. Yeah. yeah. And then it's on to the next thing uh-huh. and on to the next thing. And I'm yep. guilty of that. I've spent a lot of time in my life mm-hmm. being goal driven yep. and wondering why I'm unhappy yeah. and realizing yeah. that, you know, when we're so focused it's like when we're so focused on the outcome of a test, mm. we forget how to enjoy the experience of learning. Yeah. And I mean, that's where it is. The joy mm-hmm. is in the experience, the learning, the growth. Totally. is in the process. Yeah. I think as parents, you you kind of nailed it. We want what's best for our children. Mm-hmm. And at, by the click of a button, we can Ugh. get a hundred opinions, right? Yes, but you I, and I... <laughs> But you know, talked about this, yeah. and I want to talk about that a little bit more, but I hope what listeners are hearing right now is if your child is experiencing symptoms like ADHD or anything like that, look at your system, look at your environment. We're feeding them unnatural foods. Mm-hmm. We're giving them unnatural light. We're placing unnatural, unnatural expectations on them. And, you know, and we're ignoring their most underlying basic needs, yeah. the emotional mm-hmm. needs of yep. what they're asking like, for with their behavior. Our yep. bodies and our brains are a product of millions of years of evolution. So if we go back to the basics of the outdoor, the climbing, the running, the jumping. So I remember Dr. Bruce Lipton, he said that the first six years of a child life is almost like a dreamlike state. They're extremely, extremely creative and it's, and their creativity is their reality. Yeah. And here we are as adults and we're saying, I'm sorry, I'm going to strip you of this reality. I'm going to place my reality on you. And because you're not conforming to it, you're now broken and I'm going to put you on medication. And this is not okay. Y'all have seen Mary Poppins, right? Yeah. The first one. That's exactly what that movie is about the bankers trying to force reality onto these Mm -hmm. children and Mary Poppins being their safe bubble that says, no, I have goosebumps. Your your world is exactly this. This is what you were meant to have in your world. And that was before ADHD medication even Mm -hmm. existed. It has gotten a thousand times worse. We learned nothing from Mary Poppins. (sighs) Come on. Except for that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah. Tennyson loves that song. It's a fun song. But what we really need to do. Not everybody's perfect. <laughs> but you know, like, so as moms, we're, we're stressed, right? And we go online and we're like, okay, how do I fix this? And maybe it's something as basic as slowing down and snuggling your child. I call it snuggling, cuddling your child or connecting with them or like yeah. trying to get into their world, like their imaginary state. Yeah. And that's where the connection lies. I feel like our kids are pretty good at, ver- our, our kids are extremely vocal and- um, Ours in particular. Ours yeah. In, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're very- um, they use their words very well. What's the word I'm looking for? Eloquent. They're, they're loud. And loud. But like, they will tell, like, 
Like Satoru will be like, I'm sad you're going to work. Can you sit on the couch and snuggle with me? You know, and like, that's really created that for her. So yeah. I don't know how good we are at that, but, but really it just comes <laughs> down to basic needs. Do you yep. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like instead of going on Google and trying to figure out like, what's the best thing for my child. And I think Google's amazing guys. Like yeah. don't not do that. But DuckDuckGo is like, better. Like maybe they don't censor yeah. for important information. <laughs> That's, That's our commercial for the moment. Sorry. But maybe uh, we just create a boundary with technology and like yeah. put it away, like not even have the phone on us and then have real like connection time yeah. without being interrupted with Facebook notifications or Instagram notifications. Well, and we could talk, there's, there's pressure behind that. Um, I see new moms coming into preschool um, and I see their intent and I see how much they love their kids mm-hmm. and how they want to do right by them. Yeah. They want to mm-hmm. make sure that they're giving them everything that they need and they love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but they face a problem and they can get on Google Mm. And they can find 15 answers, yep. 15 solutions to one problem. Yeah. Right. And half of them contradict each other. Yes. Too. So mm. then, but then there's a, there's a backside to that too, that they get hit with that. Like, but because there are 15 different answers, mm-hmm. you better get it right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you have the world at your fingertips. So don't right. screw it up. No excuses. Yeah. You know? Um, and the pressure that is, is there is intense. And I think that, um, we get that too. I mean, I don't, we feel that from checklists from doctors, mm-hmm. pediatricians, yeah. yes, dentists, you oh know, and, and school administrators, school right. administrators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's hard. Mom guilt is a real thing. Oh my gosh. Pressure is a real thing. It, it really you know? is. I think it's also really important to acknowledge that we all grew up in a very similar system. This, yeah. While it's acceleratingly worse, it seems, mm-hmm. we still, we grew up with the same deny your personal needs, conform, yeah. obey. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we aren't entirely free of that. Yeah. Some people have done a lot of work on it, some not so much, but we're all still dealing with our own kind of self-denial complex totally. and then trying to raise other human beings at the same time while feeling woefully mm-hmm. inadequate to do yeah. so. Totally. So, so what I hear here is that we need to <laughs> like ex- accept that we're flawed, Yeah, mm-hmm. but also not let those flaws get in the way from trying. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and acknowledge that and ac- our own internal state is a very real factor in what our children are manifesting physically, yes. right? Yeah. I've seen in our own household when, when Janique and I get really busy and we have all these tasks we need to accomplish, seems like our children's behavior always gets worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because they feel the disconnection from yeah. us and they feel the need arise within them to connect mm-hmm. and yeah. they're going to get it at all costs. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. And, and we get frustrated and say, oh, why don't you understand what I need? And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, I mean, it's hard to look at yourself too, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll see a need in one of my kids and I can almost always trace it back to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I've really learned, especially as my kids have gotten older, I have a teenager now. Mm-hmm. Um, How does getting, that feel? Oh man, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of practice parenting. Yeah. <laughs> Being a, it's, it's like a whole different ball game. Um, but something I try to recognize is that often I'm parenting. Mm-hmm. I catch myself parenting from where I am yeah, and not from where they are. Yep. And if I can, I've had situations with my kids, with my teenager where there's been a conflict and 
the, the times that I've handled it in more healthy ways mm-hmm. are the times that I've been able to say, I need a minute. I need to take a deep breath, like go into my bedroom, like be with this feeling, mm-hmm. figure out what it is that's, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm feeling and then, you know, address the situation yeah. and I'm able to kind of remove myself my, my fears, my worries. Cause often when we're parenting a lot of my, it, it's driven by worry or yeah. fear. You want to do what's right for your kid. Yeah. You don't want to fail him. Um, but I can, I can only connect with my kid when I am in where they are. Exactly. And I'm not trying to get them to come to where I am with all of my inadequacies and baggage, yep. you yep. know? Yep. So totally. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> the that's, I think that so that's hard. something we need to recognize too. Like it's okay to say this is hard. Parenting mm-hmm. is hard. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the best I can. It's hard to even, it's hard to do it in this environment. It's hard to in. do it in this environment. If we can go back to, you know, the nineties, you know, where everything <laughs> was a little bit more organic, you know? Yeah. Yes. What you're looking. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know about that. <laughs> Why? The nineties weren't a particularly well, the ni- like, decade. It wasn't, I mean, like you didn't have instant access to the internet. Right. You didn't, you know right. what I mean? Yes. Do you guys remember dial up? It took like 20 minutes to, well, in South Africa, it took like 20 minutes to access the internet. Mm-hmm. By that time I was bored and I'm moving on. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, like, totally. like this instantaneous world, like that is being oh, ingrained in their brain. That's being right. further ingrained in our brains. You know, <laughs> We're, we're not slowing down to a natural pace anymore. Um, one thing I do want to bring up uh, that I think might be important, maybe a little off topic, but um, this, this idea of connecting with our kids and teaching them that their parents make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And what I love to do with Tennyson, when I have made a mistake and I've reacted and I've gotten angry, um, I've told him in the past, I'm like, when mom acts like this, you need to call me out. Yeah. You know, because one that teaches him boundaries, you know what I mean? And then we can sit down, like, and then he's like, mom, what you're doing right now is hurting my feelings. Yeah. It's and a I'm recognition, like, oh my, yes. not a criticism. Yes. Yeah. And so, and so it pulls me out of my, you know, like state and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I think as adults, we don't trust children to be on par with our emotions. We don't think they can understand it, mm-hmm. but that's because we don't take the time to teach them. Right. Well, And what I see in you, as you're telling me that is that you, there's a willingness mm-hmm. there yes. for you. There's a yes. willingness for you to. Mm-hmm. Yes. You like, know, yes. Say, ad- to say admit. I'm human and yes. you know, like I make mistakes. I feel like our parents, my mom was actually really good at this, but most adults back like 20 years ago would never say that they were flawed Oh you man. Know, ever. It's, it's always, I'm right. You're the child. You're wrong. You know, but we, we have an opportunity to slow down and teach them like, listen, even though I'm your mom, like I make mistakes and we can talk about that. When you yeah. see me making a mistake, let's talk, let's figure this out and you can call me out. And that teaches them boundaries too. So when people are acting out towards them, like in school or friends, even friends trying to like punish them or whatever, or emotionally abuse them, you know, they can, they've practiced creating boundaries with that with us and then they can do it with their friends so that they're not walked over. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's humanizing too. Mm -hmm. I mean, then they, it teaches them to be aware, right. Teaches them all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Teaches them how to recognize. Yep. You know, I would just add to that, that 
yes, we are inviting them to speak up when they see the inconsistency mm-hmm. there. We are not putting the responsibility on them to hold that boundary yeah, for us. That's important. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It, is, it is far more important for us to catch ourselves yes. when we're doing those things than it is yeah. to totally. train our children to catch it for us. Right. Totally. That's, that's yes. not yeah. good parenting to do that. Mm-hmm. You can but find a balance between that yes. and, and teaching mm-hmm. them that they have a voice. They yeah. have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. We have to acknowledge we have blind spots and, and, and we hang out in them. Other people mm-hmm. are much <laughs> totally. more capable of seeing them than we are. But we also have a responsibility to be working on those blind spots ourselves and not just saying, well, that's just how I am. And, and you, it, you get to work around it, right? Because you're the kid. Yep. As early as preschool, those skills. Mm-hmm. You know? And so all you yeah. people out there who think that preschool doesn't matter, <laughs> it probably matters more than anything else because that is where you start building the foundation for the rest of your child's education. Yes. If they don't learn those basic emotional skills at that age, there's no way they're going to learn it when they get into elementary school and junior high, heaven forbid, middle school, high school, right? By then it's so purely academic that the only space there is for emotional work is how do you shut down entirely emotionally Ew. so that you can survive that <laughs> totally. jungle. Isn't that so yes. sad when we should be doing more emotional work during those times, we are being forced um, to be academic instead, yeah. instead of learning like how to communicate right. and how to like develop empathy, you yeah. know, especially during those like young teen years. So one of the things that we do in preschool, um, when we talk about emotions, we have this little jar of fuzzies. It's like, it's, we made it into a monster. It's like our furry mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah. Um, our furry and it's, feelings. And it's, feel, it's filled with colored pom-poms. Mm-hmm. And each color represents an emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we gather at circle time, we'll have one of the kids come up and just pick a pom-pom out. Yeah. And whatever that emotion is, we act it out. Oh. Or we talk about scenarios where we felt that way. Cute. Or we might feel that way. We make up stories and kind mm-hmm. of get a feel and explore what those roles would feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and something super interesting um, happened last year. I did a little, um, this is, we started this last year. I realized that kids were super comfortable acting out happy. Yep. Or silly yeah. or playful mm-hmm. or kind or, you know. Acceptable um, emotions, right? Yes, exactly. Um, they could act out jealous, yeah, things like that. But when it came to anger, yeah, every single kid, the first time I did it with them, every single kid in the room hesitated. Oh, because of and the not, shame around not it. Not one of them could show me what angry looks oh. like. Not one of them was... Uh, felt like they could stomp their feet and right. yell Aww. until I did it first. Yeah. And it was like, I gave them permission to feel that. And then we could wow. take this even further, but it was just an observation in my one classroom. Um, yeah. But the girls in the classroom had an even harder time. Wow. You know, oh my gosh. Um, That's so that brings up a question for me. I was, I have a struggle with this. Um, how do we teach children that it's okay to have those emotions without teaching them that the way to share those emotions is to act on them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because so in our own children, what I see is that they definitely have moments of anger. Everyone does, but their response to that anger isn't to say I'm angry. It's to hit or to scream or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do you balance that? We talk about that a lot in preschool. Like it is okay to be angry. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to hurt somebody when you're angry. Yeah. It's not okay oh, to yeah. inflict pain on somebody when you're angry mm-hmm. or take it out on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much, it, 
it seems so simple when you really think about it. When a kid is experiencing any kind of emotion, yeah, all they need is for it to be validated. Mm-hmm. Totally, like, totally. They get in a conflict and they're angry. Like they literally, I will have them repeat to me, like mm-hmm. this friend or this person took my stool and that's the one I wanted. Yeah, and I felt mad. Yeah. yeah, that is like literally it. I don't need to offer a fix. I don't even need to say like, here's conflict resolution, you know, yeah. talk about the stool. <laughs> when it comes to the emotions, they literally just need them to be recognized yeah. and felt. And then yeah. it's, you know, that's something we, we see that a lot with Satori in particular. She's so good at that where she'll be expressing this feeling and then we'll say something like, oh, you're sad because daddy didn't pick the right song on the radio. And she'll say, yeah, I'm sad, daddy. <laughs> yeah. And then and she's like, all right, well, let's move on now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy yeah. mm-hmm. how simple that is? I mean, it's the same with adults. I get yeah. caught up in my own emotions yeah. and I yeah. think, okay, take a deep breath. Yeah. What's the need under here? And what do I need to validate for myself? Totally. You know, yeah. So yeah. speaking of adults, it's like, we're taught that the acceptable emotion actually is anger. As long as it's like shown the right way, like it's okay to be pissed about something. It's not okay to be sad about something as an yeah. adult, right? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. okay to be afraid of something as yeah. an adult. Mm-hmm. You just, that makes me so mad. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. 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 And then of course our children see that and they think, oh, my parents are angry all the time, but they don't see our vulnerable sides because yeah. we're not safe showing those. Yeah. Totally. Oh man. I have, I've thought often what teenage years for me would be like if the adults in my life had said things like, I don't know, mm-hmm. or I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was wrong. You know, yep. like, and then I. Just I, modeling that and vulnerability. Then that, and then that became what I thought I needed be as I've mm-hmm. gotten older. So then it's like, there's this lock on our vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. yep. that we have to pick open totally because we've been trained totally, you know, and that gets right back to the mindfulness and meditation yep. piece, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When yep. you start doing that work, you have no choice, but to acknowledge those vulnerable emotions. Yeah. And if you remain in the mindfulness and meditation, you get to explore those yes. and it's uncomfortable as hell. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But then it gets <laughs> a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And you realize that you didn't explode into a thousand pieces just mm-hmm. by looking yeah. at it. Oh, I mean, I have a, my youngest is super anxious. Um, and the process for her, um, has been like, let's talk about what you're anxious about, what you're worried about mm-hmm. and recognize that you're okay. Yes. You're worried about this and you're also okay. Yeah. You know, like you're yep. sad about this, but you're also okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like we get so caught up in anticipating <laughs> how yep. bad something's going to be yep. that we don't realize that once we face it, we're, you know, it's not as bad as we think it's going to be. It'd be interesting if there was like an alternative universe where our schooling system was like the curriculum was all about identifying emotions and connection and like, like in Finland? studying. Is yeah, that what is they do in like Finland? That? No, I, like Are we schools, moving to Finland? School system in Finland. Like they, they, they've they got a it. lot of things right. You know, yeah. Is that the, the country where they don't even give kids homework Mm-hmm. you know, until they're like 10 or something, yeah. you know, um, because, cause they're busy working on the fundamentals. Right. Yeah. But like, if we had like, I, one of my clients, she teaches, I think like third grade, but she incorporates like mindfulness and meditation and yoga, you know, and if we spoke about our emotions more versus the ABCs, if we spoke about like, 
like practice scenarios of conflict, conflict yeah. resolution. Like, couldn't that be a class in school? Conflict resolution? Yes. You know, or like, you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, we, I like this last mm, two years ago, mm-hmm. I took my calendar preschool calendar that I have been told I'm supposed to do that every preschool teacher does like Mm -hmm. the days of the week and what day it is. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm spending so much energy and time in our class. Like saying today is Wednesday. Like (laughs) what am I doing? Like I rolled it up and tossed it. Yeah. Awesome. I was like, this is, this is, I mean, there's maybe there's a time, you know, like this is Mm -hmm. here in preschool in my classroom this is not the time for that or the place for that. There are more important things. It seems like preschool is the last safe learning space left because they don't have as many of the education requirements. And that gives you more flexibility Mm -hmm. to focus on what you think is important. Mm -hmm. Of course you have to get the parents on board, which is probably the hardest part. I've been working to protect it with everything Mm -hmm. I have. Uh Um, You know, it actually, I mean, I do have parents that I, I mean, it's hard to get them on board, but actually overall, mm-hmm. what I find is that most parents come in with questions and an idea on what they can expect from preschool based on everything they've been told. Yeah. And when they sit down and I visit with them and we talk about play-based learning, mm-hmm. I, they don't push back. They've That's just awesome. never had it presented to them in a way that made sense and felt right. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, so maybe part of that is just... Mm-hmm. pushing for it. Yeah. Educating. And it's, I don't want to say it's kind of a frightful time to raise children and like teenagers, but it really is because going back to the artificial lighting, the artificial foods, mm-hmm. the artificial environment, you know, um, and now we're educating. Manufactured. Yes. Yeah. But now guess where, you know, so we're not teaching kids in our homes or at school, like, how to empathize, how to talk things out, conflict resolution. Guess where they're learning that? On Facebook. I just had that as you guys were talking. I'm like, now- I wouldn't say what they're learning is- empathy or it's not, conflict no, no, resolution. It's conflict. But like, that's like, like the only place where those things are yeah. like, this that's is where, their interaction. This and is all those where they're learning yeah. how to interact with their world and it's all conflict. And this is where, w- this is how we are dividing ourselves in our society so heavily, right? Yeah. Like no one, like for instance- vaccines. No one can talk about that in a civil mm-hmm. manner, right? right? Right. Because we have learned to yell at each other on the internet mm-hmm. and totally be fine with that. You know what I mean? So now we have this artificial platform that artificial people are communicating artificially. And <laughs> this is how we are growing our brains. Like yeah. this is what we're exposing these young brains to. These are the, the neurons that are firing together. It's no wonder we have children with anxiety. It's no wonder we have children that can't connect until they're on Facebook. This is why they have panic attacks when you take their phones away and their iPads away. I mean, it's- They're growing up in a world of extremes. It's Mm -hmm. such Mm -hmm. extremes and it's it's frightful, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think there is a very, very big movement. Like um, Sarah Nee's school, the wild- Wildwood Forest School. It's a forest mm-hmm. school that they started. And I'm like, we need more of that. Like yeah. we need more children, like, and I don't want to say crunchy children because that labels <laughs> me, but we need to reincorporate crunchiness in our society yeah. again, where, you know, where we have curriculums where they're going out into nature and they're learning about nature. And, you know, we're creating boundaries with um, 
technology again. And we're creating boundaries with the artificial light, the artificial mm-hmm. food, right. you know, and just like yeah. see this for what it is. And I would say it shouldn't be limited to just nature. It's children just need to interact with they the do. real world they outside do. of the walls of the classroom and the home. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the original world, right? We, we because our real world now yeah. is completely different. We yeah. should let them play with tools. Mm-hmm. We should. I know that's scary for a mom to think, oh, my little kid's going to oh, be running man. around with scissors, but, but they need to learn those skills. They need to yeah. have that experience because that's how they discover what this life is about <laughs> right. beyond just ideas. I literally have come to live by a code as a parent. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen in this situation. <laughs> like they fall off that and break their neck, probably uh-huh. intervene. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You know, they take a yeah. tumble and scrape their leg. Totally fine. fine. Yeah. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I can tell you another story. Um, a few years ago I had a conflict with a student. Um, this kid had been coming to school. It was January. So for five months, um, and it was time for re-enrollment for the following year. And this kid was eligible. Um, and his parents came to me and talked to me about, um, they wanted, they were going to pull him from preschool, put him somewhere else. He just wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. Um, he was crying every day when he was being brought to school. Um, and I knew none of these things Mm because he would come into preschool just fine. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I, you know, at first I was like, I really wish you would have talked to me about this beforehand. Like I could have been helping in some way. I had no idea. Um, but long story short, it boiled down to um, actually this child had a problem with another child in class oh. who the parents felt this kid was picking on their kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got down to that and had that conversation, um, it was kind of alarming to me how unforgiving mm. they were of the kid that was mm-hmm. was bought bothering their child. Yeah. Um, and when they, they started to talk to me about it, I knew immediately who it was. Cause I know the needs in my classroom and mm-hmm. I like, I'm aware that there's this child that likes to push buttons. Um, yeah. and his, we go back to needs and what his mm-hmm. needs are. Yeah. Um, so we, I mean, we talked it through. I told her I'd keep a close eye on it and let her know if, you know, things were happening. And, uh, like a week later, um, her kid was sitting on his mat and his hands were next to his legs on the floor. And this other child walked by and stepped on his fingers mm. as he was passing. No. And it was like one of those things where it was like, I'm doing this because I know that it's going to bother you, but oh. I can also pretend it was an accident. Like his mm-hmm. intent was not kind. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, this, this kid that got his fingers stepped on, like lost it. It was awful, but we worked through it and everything Mm -hmm. was, I mean, it was okay. We addressed the needs. Um, and I thought if I don't tell this parent what happened, like I need to let her know. Um, and this parent reacted in a way that really surprised me. Mm. Um, couldn't believe that if I knew that this child was a problem, why I hadn't Mm -hmm. pulled him from preschool immediately, why he wasn't getting kicked out. Um, And I I thought, well, maybe because we don't, I mean, we don't just throw people away. Right, right. We don't just kick kids to the curb who are struggling. This kid, yes, there's a conflict with yours. And, and, you know, we, like, I want to work with that. But this kid has needs too. Mm -hmm. And what you don't realize, there's a whole, there's a a whole thing going on in his life. His parents were separated and facing divorce. His mom was going back to school and working and she'd been in the home. There was so much change going on in his life that mm-hmm. he was looking, you know, he's pushing against those boundaries to figure out where he has control. Yeah. Um, 
And when you look at it that way, it's, it's, you can't not be compassionate mm-hmm. for the need, regardless of the behavior. Totally. I would know? also add that what do you do to a child when you remove all of their challenges yeah. for years and years of their life? <laughs> right. Okay. Because so this there's is, always another so this is the, bully, right? You know, this is the conversation um, in, in talking to this mom. I thought, ah, it's always a trick, you know, mm-hmm. like how much do I, I don't know. Um, but I chose to be open with her about it. And I just said, you have ex- actually expressed some concerns about your child um, and their resiliency. Mm. Um, you know, your kid gets bumped and starts to cry. And you've expressed that to me before, that that's a concern of yours. Mm-hmm. It's these very situations that are going to help him develop the skills yes, and develop the resiliency. And I think what happens, this is, this is the problem. You, you don't allow your kid to have a conflict you don't allow them to be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. then they get down the road. And when they're seven or eight years old, you have a kid that's throwing a fit and you're like wanting to pull your hair out because you're thinking, where on earth did this selfish child come from? Right. Right? Like I didn't raise a selfish kid. Like why, what are these tantrums or what is this behavior? Mm -hmm. And, and the kid's not selfish or spoiled at all. The kid just never does not know how to be uncomfortable. Yes. And so the, the, this behavior like these needs underneath, like his anxieties are real. Mm -hmm. They're very real to him. Mm -hmm. They seem small to you. And especially as he's gotten older now, you're like, geez, he's like seven years old. He shouldn't be acting like this. We should have learned. But the real root of the problem is that he does not know how to function Mm -hmm. unless everything in his life is settled and comfortable because that's all he knows. Mm -hmm. And he can't be faulted for that. Yep. You know, I want to, I want to add something to that, you know, for like, environment, yes, we have the same problem with food. Mm. And I know this isn't an episode about food, (laughs) but we as parents, and this, I see this all the time, moms, parents are too scared to say no to their children when it comes to junk food, you Mm. know? And like, it's like, oh, you don't want to eat your broccoli. That's fine. You know, you're like, you don't want to eat healthy food. That's fine. Here's mac and cheese. And instead of creating boundaries of this is healthy food, like this helps your body grow nice and strong and you can either eat it or you can be hungry. That's your choice, you know? And so we are, and so we've created these eating addictions in our children, you know? So we've created these emotional issues where they can't be uncomfortable. So we give them a phone, right? Or we fix the problem for them and they can't be uncomfortable when it comes to food. So we give them the dessert that they want. We give them the junk food that they want. And now we're, and so we're creating a monster, basically not monsters, but we're creating an issue that's going to lead to other issues down the line, Oh yeah, you know? So, yeah, we, it's what, uh, Trungpa called idiot compassion, right? Mm-hmm. We, we are feeling compassion. We don't want them to suffer, but we are not thinking about their long term well being. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of the immediate relief from the discomfort. Totally. And so we do things that make them happy in the short term, but ruin them in the long term. Yeah. So physically we could, and spiritually I mean, we and could, emotionally. We could take this deeply and say, in that situation, when a parent does that with their child, what's the discomfort that they are feeling? Yes, exactly. You treat, you address their discomfort. Uh And until that is recognized and addressed, 
Yeah. The, the and, pattern is going to keep happening and repeat itself and then habits are forming. And, and as a parent, yeah. you have to also recognize your own discomfort with your children being uncomfortable Yeah, yep. because so often we don't want our children to fail. We don't want our children to be angry. We don't want our children to be scared because that makes us That's feel like I'm a bad parent or I'm failing. Yeah. And and we can't handle that. So we do everything we can to make sure that they're happy right now because yep. then, okay, I'm an okay parent. I'm, and then that's I'm the immediate, there. like that's the immediate solution, mm-hmm. the quick fix, the sure fix. Yep. Um, do you know who, have you ever listened to Adam Grant? Yeah. He does the work life podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he says something a lot that I, that I hear in my head a lot that we need to stop trying to raise successful children. Oh Yes. So Stop trying to raise successful children and teach them kindness. Yeah. You so, know? so getting right back to what does a parent really want for their child? Mm-hmm. Success only because it leads to happiness. Yeah. And if we focused on the happiness and not mm-hmm. worried so much about the success, we'd be far more likely to see them reach and that. And that goes when back happy- to the value life, value yeah. centered life versus when, goal centered. When yeah. did happiness stop being successful? You know what I mean? Like with why, oh, by itself, by like itself. enough. When did it exactly. stop? Well, uh, yeah. You know, I, I would argue evolutionarily speaking, success was most likely to lead to happiness because mm. you stayed alive long enough right. to experience happiness. Yeah. Yeah. But, but over time That's that, fair. that has shifted, right? Survival is no longer this really tenuous situation. Mm-hmm. We're, totally. we're pretty likely to survive, but we haven't shifted our mindset away from be, be the, the kingpin so that you mm-hmm. can be happy. Just right. Focus on your happiness. Yeah. What what is going to make you happy to wake up every morning? Yeah. And being a CEO of a multi billion dollar company does not guarantee that one bit. No. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm thinking about the parents who are listening to this. Um, patience. You got to be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like wow. when you really look at what you want and what you want for your kids. Yeah. It. I mean, you may not figure it out right away. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, you get, it's, it's overwhelming, but I think it's that slowing down and really giving it some thought and sitting mm-hmm. with the things that you want. And then my problem is I see so many different things yeah. and then I get overwhelmed and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't know how to change all of these things. So mm-hmm. I so just spin. So that I mean, actually what's the- brings up the question I wanted to ask you. Um, we've talked about a lot of things that parents can do. Mm-hmm. What are the top three if, if someone can only handle three things that they can do starting today to help their child develop that emotional intelligence, that peace and happiness in the world, what can they do? I would say slow down. Like we talked mm-hmm. about, learn to be present. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not present, you can't connect. Um, every time a parent comes to me and wants to talk about flashcards or writing their name or they're eager to help their child at home, like reinforce and, and teach what we're learning. They, you know, they want to know what they can do. Um, I always, I always tell them like, forget the flashcards, Mm -hmm. forget writing their name, sit down and read them a book Yep, or play with them, sit down. And if you can read for 20 minutes a day Mm -hmm. with your kid and have that be the one thing you know, I have days where I'm a better parent than other days. (laughs) Um, And I, when my kids, especially when they were little, I would tell myself, even if the whole day just goes out the window, Mm -hmm. if I can sit down and read out loud to them for 20 minutes and give them that, that that's beneficial. And I still, we still read, I still read my 
I have a 12 year old, um, 16 year old and an eight year old. And we still, I still read out loud to him. We pick a chapter book and love it and read. And that's something that we have. So, um, the benefits of that are huge, but Mm -hmm. the most important is that that time with them and the connection with them and it slows us down. So, Um, so there you go. Really, it it all comes down to connect with your children on an emotional level. Yeah. Strip away, learn to filter through, um, you get bombarded with resources, um, and you really do, in order to filter it down and strip away the noise, you have to slow down and think about, you know, you have to trust yourself, I think, you know, intuition Which, as a parent is a real thing. But if you're too busy and too, too overwhelmed to sit with yourself and listen to it, you're not going to hear it. So for, you know? for a lot of parents listening to this, this, that could be quite a bit of a project because yeah. it means that you have to start facing some of your own trauma Yes, and start yeah. learning how to let down your own walls without completely yeah. losing your sense of okayness in yeah. the world. So that's that where, st- I mean, that's where that. it started for me. That's, you know, I like as a grown adult needed the help of, of someone else, of a therapist, a good therapist to help me recognize the things in myself and learn mindfulness. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is so simple. You know, like (laughs) I can sit with myself and meditate. I could not, I couldn't, I needed help. Um, but I mean, the same is to be said for our kids. Mm -hmm. They need, they need our help. They do. They need someone to guide them. We need our help. Yeah. I think right. everything that, that can be applied to children can be applied to us. That, that's, yeah, why, that's what we're saying. Yeah. That's why oh, did self- I miss that? Sorry, guys. No, 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 you're okay. So for those that are listening, oh, like stop. I actually have children walking around <laughs> Sorry, right now and I'm trying really, to like tiptoe. And that was like, very, I didn't mean that. So no. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the conversation, so Janique. I've literally been gone for the past two minutes. So <laughs> no, we were just saying that to address our children's, like the yeah. things our children, we have to be willing to address them in ourselves. Okay. The things oh. that make our, we have to be, okay. I'm all clued in now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're good. Yep. Oh my so if you have children, if you're thinking of having children, if you know children and interact with them ever, really the, the best thing you can do for them is to start working with yourself, yep. start mm-hmm. becoming more emotionally aware of what's happening inside of your body and more capable of tolerating that without yeah. yep. losing your mind mm-hmm. and being patient and forgiving yourself yeah. in the process. It's hard. It's hard work. Yep. Um, Self-work is hard. Yeah. And yeah. if you work on self-work, I, we'll, we'll wrap up. Sorry mm-hmm. guys. I know this is going over, but this <laughs> is so, like so many good things we're talking about. Um, if you start doing self-care for yourself, your children will model that too. Mm-hmm. They'll start taking care of themselves. I actually posted a video the other day of Satori sitting down and meditating and listening to my meditation with her eyes closed mm-hmm. and, um, and so many people were like, was that staged? I'm like, no, she, she is modeling that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's modeling that. Or like emulating she sees, that. Yeah. She like, you're, yeah, thank you're you. She's emulating, we're yeah. modeling it to her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. I mean, maybe she's modeling it. No. Yes, that's actually true. <laughs> it's a waste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when we do our self care, they'll do their self care too. And right. you're teaching them their value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you're, mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. you're teaching them so many things, but you're showing them that I, value my health Mm -hmm. enough to put in this work for myself. Mm -hmm. And then they, it it gives them, you know, an example to follow and recognize that they are, they're valuable too. 
This is, this is so great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hopefully we've given you all a lot to think about. Yeah. Um, you know, we started talking about ADHD, but I think we went a lot deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And and that's good because ADHD is only one arm of this many tentacled monster that we're dealing with in society. So totally. It runs deep. It does. Um, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, Morgan, thank you so much. Yeah, for thanks for having awesome. time. Like, yeah. this is so great. This and is just fun for me. You should start your own <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> so oh, <man>. until <laughs> next, <laughs> right. Until next week, guys, if you love this podcast, if you love listening to us, please leave us a review. We love your reviews. It helps us share the love with those, um, with other people. If you if, don't love it, you can keep it to yourself. No, just kidding. <laughs> Email us. Tell us what you don't love and we'll see if yeah. we can address it. But, <laughs> you know, don't leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want, guys. Because it'll help us when we're mature. That's and right. We can handle this. I can handle this. Thanks, you guys. Until next week. See ya.